Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Top of the Cage. Uh, it is a wrestling podcast with myself. My name is Billy. Uh, you can call me Billy or what do you mean, depending on what you know me from. And of course, I am here with one of my wrestling confidants, one of my good friends. Thanks to the art of professional wrestling, we got Justin Juice Cannon Luciano. Justin, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I, you said it, Justin Luciano. Uh, you guys can call me Juice Cannon or you just call me Juice. Most people just call me Juice. I'm fine with that. And uh, I'm excited to finally start a wrestling podcast, something I want to do for a while. And um, I'll just go through what to expect on just going forward in the future and this week specifically. Um, obviously, it's a professional wrestling podcast. Um, mainly, we'll be focusing on NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and AEW, but that does not mean MLW, Impact, New Japan will not come up in any in some capacity. Um, it will mainly be the two of us, but we'll have guests, either our friends, our, our um, wrestling fans, or maybe some indie wrestlers from the area and... Um, you know, going on, we'd like to get bigger guests as well. Make this a big thing. Um, this week specifically, while we're doing the run through now, we'll do a little um, favorite wrestler little segment to get to know us and our tastes. Uh, we'll do a news talk, which um, we'll each bring a little news story relating to wrestling. And then we'll do a storyline talk, which is a certain storyline and our opinions on them. We have a little segment that we'll have weekly called Push Job Release, and we pick three wrestlers, and uh, I'll explain the segment more when we get to it, but I look forward to that and the takes that we have from that, and then after that, we'll have a little conclusion, and that is it for episode one of Top of the Cage with Billy and Juice. Yes, it is. Um, all right, Juice. So, uh, as you said, we'll be talking about some of our current uh, and favorite, uh, past favorite uh, wrestlers. So, let's get it kicked off with the men here. Uh, who would you say is your favorite past male wrestler? Uh, this is a tough one. Because um, I'm the type of guy who has like five or ten favorites in any given thing. But um, if I have to pick one, it is... Mr. Lie, Cheat, Steal, Eddie Guerrero. I was always a huge fan of Eddie. That was one of my first favorites when I was a kid. Eddie and Batista were two of my favorites as a kid. Batista, I started to like a little less as I got older. So, so respect the man. And then Eddie, I still love Eddie with a burning passion on my heart. Latino hate, heat, baby. Viva la raza. Very nice. I, I definitely love Eddie too, as well as Batista. But speaking of Batista, uh, for me, I would say that my favorite past wrestler would have to be one of Batista's gravest rivals, The Undertaker. Uh, I believe that The Undertaker was the first wrestler I ever saw on WWE television. It was in the lead-up to WrestleMania 23 for The Undertaker-Batista feud. And I don't necessarily remember exactly what happened on that SmackDown episode, but I just remembered seeing The Undertaker and thinking, who is this guy and what do I not know about him? Uh, that also led to me being Undertaker for that Halloween after. Uh, that There are pictures of that that exist somewhere, I'm sure. 
you'll love the phenom um undertaker uh th that's a guy that i considered too um when i was a kid i mainly just watched smackdown every week like i chose a side i was like smackdown is right in the same company i chose a side i chose smackdown and that man is mainly why and like you the first time i saw him i'm like who is this man i gotta watch this man weekly and that's the feeling of so many people. Undertaker is, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I just also, I mean, you know, hopefully uh, not too many people are soured on his last run he had with WWE. However, um, I believe that, you know, how he ended up hanging him up, uh, you know, I, I think that was a real good respect and shout out to a true legend of the business who, again, might have worked a little bit past his prime, but still loved him just the same as a character. So let's move on to our current favorite male wrestlers. Juice, who do you have here? I feel like you already know. It's uh, <laughs> Matt Riddle, the bro himself. You, you, you watch wrestling with me constantly, many pay-per-views, and there's not a man that I react more to than him. Um, I, I love Matt Riddle. I think he's phenomenal in the ring. Um, is he the best talker? No, but his character, he owns the character so well, and he's hilarious, and the lines he delivers are hilarious. He's easy to write for, and he delivers his lines perfectly almost every single time, and he's only going to get better. Definitely, I, I would agree with the fact that he is going to get better. I mean, you know, being a former MMA talent, you know, he has that legitness behind him. You know, you can go back and watch some of those Ultimate Fighters to see, you know, he, he was kind of a real deal, but he talked his shit, too. So I, I do love me some riddle uh, for myself. I'm going to go uh, away from WWE for this one, actually. And I am going to talk about uh, one of the best heels in wrestling. I believe right now, if not one of, if not the best heel in wrestling right now, and that is M J F. I do truly believe that this dude is going to be a big part of the wrestling future. Uh, again, I personally think he might be the best heel in wrestling right now. His his actions are sinister. The way he delivers his promos on the mic are intense, you know, and, and although, you know, his ring work might not be the best in the world. I believe that the matches he has put up within his time in AEW, you know, rising to the top, being at the pinnacle, as some might say, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that MJF is somebody to continue to watch and look for and. I hate saying that a heel is my favorite, but I, I can't help it. He's good at what he does. People say kayfabe is dead. I disagree, and it's mainly because MJF. It seems like he he plays up to who he is in the ring with. If he's in the ring with Chris Jericho, he'll slow it down. Who's Chris Jericho's older, obviously. And then, but if he's in the ring with Jungle Boy, it'll be a, a thrilling in-ring spectacle. Some of the things that AEW has kind of lined up for matchups. I mean. I, I'm sure we'll we'll get into it at a later point in this podcast, whether it be this episode or further down the line. But there's a lot of talent AEW has to make dream matches happen. And, you know, and even the dream matches we've seen so far. But going back to your point about Jungle Boy, I think those two will definitely haven't seen the last of each other. I'll say that. Let's move on here to the women's wrestlers. So, Juice, in terms of past women's wrestlers, who uh, who's your favorite here? My all-time favorite is uh, AJ Lee. When I was a kid, I, I had a huge crush on AJ Lee. Um, and also just, I think she's one of the best women on the mic, if not the best all-time on the mic of women, or just many, or just on the top wrestlers in general. She had a, a ability on the mic that is just, you can't teach it. It's just natural given ability. And then in the ring, she can go too. She was a talent 
Um, I miss her. I felt like uh, she she left too soon because of you know just wrestling politics. And um, she says she's not gonna come back. I'm hoping that it's just like when CM Punk said he wouldn't come back, who is her husband. <laughs> That is true. That is very interesting. I I would completely agree with with what you said, though. I I I think that AJ walked away a little too soon, but obviously, you know, I, for the reasons she stated, and you know where she is now for her mental and you know her physical well being as well. You know, nothing but no nothing but flowers for her. You know, you got to give her the respect where it is, and she's truly deserved it. Now, in terms of my favorite past women's wrestler, I might go with one of AJ's rivals here, the woman who came to raw after aj had successfully defended the divas title and that is miss page i loved page and i think it is so sad that injuries have caused her to be where she is today however again we're talking about a generational talent could go on the mic go in the ring a look that was so unique for WWE at the time too, you know, that was really when that they were transitioning from the women's superstars being divas to being women's superstars. You know, it's, it was during a time where, you know, they didn't need to have big assets. They didn't need to have bleach blonde hair. They didn't need to be, you know, slim and slender, you know, Paige really broke the mold. And for me, you know, I, I always kind of, I don't want to say identified with that, but, you know, I, I liked seeing somebody break the mold. I like seeing, you know, as Vince McMahon likes to say, somebody grabbing that brass ring. And I, I think that Paige, again, had a career cut short, unfortunately, due to injuries. When she said that, I'm back. Oh, man, I got chills. I was excited. I was ready to go. And then injuries caused that not to happen. But like the resurgence of Edge and Daniel Bryan, I am hoping that, you know, she can, if she would like to get back in the ring at some point, you know, and be it with whatever company it might be. I am ready and willing for that return to happen. That's a return I'm, I'm hopeful for and I think will happen. Also, um, people credit the horsewoman of NXT being the leaders of the women's revolution. I more so credit these two, Paige and AJ Lee. So I, I, I find it very funny. That was your choice. That, that's a great choice. Um, yeah, the, those two are pioneers and um, two people uh, I would love to just see uh, back in the wrestling. And also, I'd love to see them feud together again or maybe reunite as a tag team, anti-divas, whatever have you. <laughs> we can only fantasy book so far ahead, right? <laughs> yeah. Just got to wait and see. <laughs> All right. So in terms of current uh, female talent, Juice, who do you got on this? So uh, mine, her her role model, which is funny, I use the word role model. Um, her role model is AJ Lee, and AJ Lee endorses this person. It is um, Bailey, who is sadly injured right now. And um, when she went down, it hurt me a lot. I was very sad about that. Um, the I think she put she put WWE on her back during the pandemic. Pan, pandemic changed wrestling and how wrestling had to be betrayed. And um, she was pivotal in keeping the company afloat and really changing how wrestling was done during the pandemic. And um, she is remarkable. She's she can play the lovable baby face, or she can play that that's really cowardly, just hated heel, perfectly. Um, 
and she is a student of the game. She always, she was a, a fan for a very long time and she knows what she's doing and she knows the business very well. No, I completely agree with that. And actually, unfortunately, well, I guess maybe fortunately, my answer is actually the same. Um, it's funny because, uh, I have been dating my girlfriend for quite some time and we've, we've joked about like baby names and stuff like that. Right. So I was named after my father, who is also a William, I am Billy. So we joked that if we ever were to have a girl, her name would have to be Bailey. Right. And my girlfriend, I've said this to her, but I said, well, it just so happens that my favorite women's wrestler, her name is Bailey. (laughs) So you know, if my future child ever listens to this and your name is Bailey, uh, know that you're technically your name is because we've passed down the lineage of having similar names. But in reality, it's because Bailey's my favorite women's wrestler. <laughs> um, I honestly don't have too much more to add to what you said. I would reverberate. You know, she definitely carried WWE through the pandemic. You know, she is a student of the game is, you know, her, her craft is, is almost perfect. I mean, you know, you look at her matches with Sasha and Charlotte and Becky, I mean, and even just, again, just the, I don't want to call them ragtag, but you know, the, the group of women that she was working with during the pandemic as well, you know, it's wasn't WWE's strongest women roster ever. I mean, now it's, it's crazy. I think that WWE's women roster is, is one of the best, if not the best in, in professional wrestling right now, but um, you know, she, she's a workhorse. That's at the end of the day, she's a workhorse. Ding dong. Hello. I mean, her heel turn, her heel turn, her face, you know, her face run as well. It was all so good. There's just, you know, again, not too much more I can add that you didn't already say. She's just fantastic. And I'm cheering for a uh, baby Bailey to be born into the world. That definitely has to be the name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the last, uh, two, wrestlers or i guess technically four wrestlers we'll be talking about is let's go uh talking about tag teams so do you have a favorite past tag team that no longer is a tag team so this is a tag team that both wrestlers do wrestle still but they're in different companies and they both just had uh returns after long absences they are veterans they're both future wwe hall of famers uh legends well one is actually they're both WWE hall of famers uh it's the ENC tag team, Edge and Christian. Um, they're just the classics they had, especially WrestleMania 17, that famous ladder match, and the ladder match that took place before it. Um, really just two of my favorite matches. And um, this tag team really, that's what started the careers of these two legends. I mean, people say, oh, it's Gangrel, and it's um, the Broad that really took it off. But the Edge and Christian tag team, that's where their the classics of these two men really began, and um, they they can bring in the ring, they can talk, they can do it all. They're both legends, and together it was a legendary tag. I would completely agree with that, and uh, you know my answer again is, is going to kind of reverberate off of yours. I you you and I were together recently, and we were talking about uh, wrestling merch. And uh, at my first live event I ever went to, uh, I bought these uh this tag team's necklace and it was the hardy boys i bought the symbol of uh of their like h and i don't know what the other letter really is and i think it's like an m and a j for matt and jeff but yeah i bought that necklace i remember and i was like the only thing i wanted out of like the tons of shirts and tons of other you know masks or gloves or anything i wanted no i wanted the hardy boys necklace because i wanted to be like the hardy boys 
everybody wanted to be like the Hardy Boys, I feel like. I mean, you know, Matt and Jeff were two of my favorite wrestlers of all time as well, you know, but when you put them together, the Hardy Boys tag team, I mean, not only did they have the banger of a theme song, you know, not only did they have that insane return at WrestleMania, you know, they put on classics with, with Edge and Christian, with the Dudley Boys, you know, it's those are three tag team names that you've seen thrown around a lot about three of the greatest of all time. But, you know, I always lean towards the Hardy boys. I, I just can't help, but have always wanted to be an honorary Hardy boy in my life. I mean, you get the, you get the merch, then I feel like you're automatically an honorary Hardy boy. <laughs> it's true. I had the necklace. I think I honestly still have the necklace too. I can prove it. <laughs> that, that's a great choice. Um, two legends. And it's funny that you, you picked them when I chose Edge and Christian, because they obviously have the history and the ladder match I mentioned and, Many other things. There are four men that just their careers are intertwined. Um, that's awesome choice. So let's um, move on to current. This one was actually the toughest for me to pick. I had like four different choices, but the team that I uh, narrowed it down to is an AEW, and it is Santana and Ortiz. Um, I love what they're doing in AEW. Um, I really, I really just. Praying for them to get the title soon. I know Lucha Bros just won it and very deserved. And that match that they had to win it was incredible. And the pop got they they would they got was great. But um, I'm rooting for Santana Ortiz getting it soon. And um, they were great impact as LAX. Uh, great here. Um, they can bring in the ring. They're a bunch of psychopaths. They can go very far. They're great fan AEW. That's them pick. It was hard not to pick RK Bro or FTR, but um, you know, or even Grizzle Young Veterans. That was my pick as well. But uh, one of my picks, but Santana Ortiz, that's the pick. Very nice, very nice. And you know, I, I think that you know them being part of the inner circle originally as well. You know, now that we're seeing potentially some uh, natural dissolving of that group, you know, I, I think it is time for both of them to really go out and shine. You know, like you're saying, they're they're amazing wrestlers. They really are. I mean, AEW is the home of tag team wrestling, it seems right now. Um, you know, but like you, I have a few that I'm picking from and, and honestly picking one is really hard. Um, I do think that at the end of the day, the tag team I'm going to be picking is the new day, truly because those are three guys that are, you know, even though they're not actual brothers, they are brothers, you know, they are great on the mic oh their promo skills they carried wwe for a very long time in my opinion you know the when they started out you know they were going to be preachers uh clearly that didn't work and they just let the three boys be themselves and now we all love them they are record-setting champions both in days and uh i think they're getting close to reigns i don't actually remember if they've broken the reign record but um you know, I, I think that the New Day and, you know, obviously we'll get a little bit later into some New Day news discussion. Um, you know, I think that they are truly, you know, a great representation of how to do a tag team or a faction right. You know, I was very upset when they got split up in the draft. To me, it just honestly made no sense. They're one of the hottest acts, one of the biggest merch movers. You know, they can make up a catchphrase probably tonight, say it on Friday, and they'll probably have a shirt on it by Monday. And it'll probably be sold out in the shop. You know, like that's to me, like that is pinnacle. That is like top guy shit as to quote your FTR. But um, I will say my, my honorable mention though, is the dark order. Um, I'm a huge dark order, Mark. I mean, 
you know, whether we're talking about Reynolds and Silver or whether we're talking about, um, you know, Stu and Uno, you know, whatever combination of tag teams you want to talk about within the Dark Order, you know, I think just the faction that they are themselves is amazing. I love watching them on BTE. I think that they're honestly my favorite parts of BTE. Uh, very sad that there's been some infighting between them recently, but, you know, I think Anna needs to get back and get them in order. Yeah, that'll definitely be something we'll talk about in the future, um, Dark Order, but, um, and maybe if someone will come in and unify them, maybe even next week, but, um, the, yeah, New Day, I agree with you. They did, they did carry WWE for a long time, uh, big in merch sales, um, and also the fact that it's a faction that two of them have had a world championship, and it's a faction of, it, it's very rare to see a faction that's um, three or more people that is so over and successful that are baby faces, and guys that, as the New Day, they've never really turned heel, not on tv i know i know they've had heel runs at live shows like if they go like germany and they're facing like when um cesaro and uh who, who was it um tyson kid uh, yeah yeah tyson kid like they they put the heels in that situation before but um as a tv there are faces and um the i also agree that splitting up biggie from them um it's not what i would have done i, I thought it was kind of dumb but uh, a buddy of ours that also watches wrestling, um, Matt Briggy, he, he made a good point when it happened. He said that he he actually liked the move because um, when when if Big E wins the title and they get reunited, it's just going to be even bigger of a moment and bigger of a celebration. And we were there live for the celebration, which we'll talk about later. And uh, boy, was Matt right about that at that point. I mean, I still would have kept them together, even though I know now, but um, it was a fair point. And, you know, it was a great moment, but we'll talk about that later. Well, actually, that, that does segue us perfectly into our next uh, little segment we're going to be doing here, and that is some news talk. So... Uh, one of the um, things we wanted to bring up, Juice, was we each wanted to bring our own news stories into uh, the world of professional wrestling and into the world of Top of the Cage podcast. And again, if you guys uh, are first-time listeners, which I'm assuming you are considering this is episode one, uh, be sure to check us out on social medias. Uh, you can find us at TOTC underscore pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both those accounts should be created and up and running, uh, and you will definitely be seeing some promotional stuff coming on. You'll see us tweeting about some wrestling news, posting about some wrestling news. You know, we'll be your one-stop shop for all kind of wrestling content you'll need. Uh, Juice, why don't you start us off here with the story that you brought up to the table today? Okay, so uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, which explains why uh, we're not talking about this specific things are happening as we speak, but uh, NXT brand change is happening as we speak on uh, Tuesday's episode of NXT. NXT 2.0 is starting, and um, we're going to talk about that, and um, we're going to talk about the brand change uh, specifically. We're going to talk about the title match that's tonight and who will lead the new NXT 2.0 as champion, and then also, is Samoa Joe hurt or kayfabe? Was, is the belt taken away from him because he truly is injured? Or 
is it just taken away because NXT 2.0, oh, they want to go in a younger, different direction than Joe? Why would you want to go in a different direction than Joe? Uh, Samoa Joe is fantastic. And it, it, just watching crowds, even small ones like Capital Wrestling Center or large ones, everyone loves Joe. On Twitter, he is one of the most universally liked wrestlers. He is a legend. And uh, when he won the title yet again, like he, he hasn't wrestled. He, that was his first match in like almost two years. And he didn't lose a step. And uh, the guy is, uh, you can make the argument for him being the best on the mic all time. And that is heavy praise because there's so many fantastic wrestlers on the mic all time. Several still wrestling now, others not. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just a questionable, I, I, I would just kept the title on him, especially since they were about to do a done Joe rivalry. That was just weird. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, I, I hate to be outspoken against WWE in this sense, but the whole NXT rebrand in itself just simply makes no sense to me. I, I never saw anything necessarily wrong with the products. I thought that the group of talent that they were getting ready to bring up and into NXT was amazing. And, you know, maybe that is the reason why they want to go NXT 2.0. But like the rainbow splash colors and the completely new logo, like that just doesn't scream NXT to me. You know, like NXT has always been you know, like the proving grounds for the next generation of WWE superstars. I mean, you know, we've seen it with, with E, you know, E just became WWE champion and he was one of the, you know, first few uh, NXT champions, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's proven. I mean, Seth Rollins as well, you know, I mean, uh, I won't really necessarily say Bo Dallas and that's a conversation, but, you know, NXT has, has really proven to, to give, you know, your, your, your scrappy, your fighters, you know, your, your smart wrestlers, you know, it's given them a chance to be who they are. And I think that from some of the calls we've been seeing even recently too, like Damian Priest, I think he's another great example. I'm, I'm glad he got out of NXT when he did, because I don't think his character would last in rainbow splash color land of NXT 2.0. In terms of taking the title off Joe as well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it is a kayfabe injury for Joe's sake. You know, I hate to hear Samoa Joe was hurt yet again. It's definitely, you know, killed some pushes for him in the past before. And I, I'm, I'm a big man, so I love the big men in wrestling. I think Samoa Joe has been and continues to be one of the best big men in wrestling as well, be it, you know, his style has evolved through the years where, you know, in his younger days, he took some of those crazier bumps like the uh, Ring of Honor, uh, I don't remember if it was Ring of Honor or TNA, the stair bump where he just jumped off the balcony, uh, did like a senton on the stairs to somebody, and you could just tell it hurt after he got up from it. You know, maybe those are catching up to him now, and that is, you know, maybe it is a legit injury. But uh, I do wish Samoa Joe the best, and I do wish that we were able to see that uh, Joe Dunn rivalry because I wanted to see some stiff matches and some joint manipulation happen. Yeah. Also, I had a little uh, a prediction with, I thought once they finished what they were doing, Samoa Joe would defeat, done for the title. And uh, he'd be celebrating and be like, I just beat NXT UK's greatest champion, the greatest wrestler. You, I think you know where I'm going with this. And NXT UK history. And then Imperium Music plays. Walter comes out and we get a dream match that battled the heaviest shot men to the stiffest wrestlers of all time in what would be a classic. Maybe it could still happen. I really hope this is a match that I just beg for and pray for. Um, yeah, and then with the, going back, 
uh, into an NXT brand change. Um, yeah, like you said, color splash, uh, not to that. But I will say one positive. Um, I feel like this brand change, it could, it, it's going to hurt some guys in NXT, well, most of them. But people that I think it would be positive for is uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Hit Row. I think they fit into it really well. And um, I'm really a big fan of Hit Row and Swerve. I think I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, we like Swerve. Me, I see a star in Swerve. I see a, I do see a main eventer. Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, a good mid card guy, a soft guy. Um, I, I see more than that. Um, and another guy that I think, well, I think this is a guy that can fit in any any branded uh, wrestling show. Uh, Santos Escobar. Um, I think he'll do well, but I think he'll do well anywhere. You put him in anything, <laughs> you could make him a unicorn gimmick, or maybe not a unicorn. Uh, put him in a pink bunny suit, he'll just be fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, a couple guys I think that would have seen the rebrand. And uh, the, the finish off this segment, let's say, um, who, who do we have winning tonight's Fatal 4-Way? And um, maybe... To, I think this might be where we finally get some uh, competition between the two of us too, because I know we talked about a little uh, in the yesterday. Um, this match has Kyle O'Reilly, it has uh, Pete Dunn, Tommaso Ciampa, and LA Knight. And um, my the person I would put the belt on is Kyle O'Reilly. I see a champion in him. Um, I think he is one of the best in-ring competitors. I think he is fantastic Mike. Uh, his in-ring storytelling and ring psychology is just expert level. He is a veteran. He's been, he's world traveled. I think he would be a great leader of NXT, but not the new NXT. I think my prediction of who I think will win is, um, it is, I, I said Tommaso Ciampa yesterday, but I changed it. I think LA Knight. I think LA Knight's where they're gonna go with this. Interesting. No, I I I the the thing about this match too is I think all four guys are so easily you know interchangeable into being the NXT champion. Like you said, Kyle can go in the ring. You know, LA Knight is a seasoned veteran, even though he is relatively new to WWE television. Um, I mean, Ciampa. I'm done again. Two guys that have been there, done that, proven themselves to the WWE universe as being dominant champions. Um, to me, I don't, I, I know you and I talked about this yesterday, and now I'm, I'm in the air because, again, two dominant champions and two guys that I would like to see. Um, you know, I, I think that I might go uh, out on a limb and say that I believe that Pete Dunn will be the one to walk away with it because I do believe that it is his time to come to NXT America or 2.0, I guess we'll call it now, uh, you know, and, and really prove like, you know, this is why I was NXT UK champion for so long. This is why we are getting to where we are now. You know, I, I think that, you know, although again, color splash and all this and that, I think that he will bring that edge that NXT has always had to re to a championship reign uh, my second choice would be Tommaso Ciampa, just because I love Ciampa. I want Goldie to come home. You know, I have the I have the Goldie come home, uh, Goldie Daddy's home shirt. So I, I'd love to see Ciampa with the belt again too. And um, 
Seward would take this current rivalry he has with Dunn and company. And it's a guy I do think who deserves another reign with the belt. And that was my original prediction before I changed it to LA Knight. It has to be one of those two guys. But um, I am hoping, I'm hoping it's Kyle O'Reilly. Cool Kyle. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. And uh, so with that, we'll, we'll go into the news topic that I brought up to the table today. And that is uh, we had um, a report come out from Fightful via uh, SAP that uh, Kevin Owens' contract is expiring sooner than we thought. It's actually expiring up in January 2022. So, Juice, my question to you, do we start the Kevin Steen to AEW rumors now or – you think he's going to go back and be a WWE guy? So I think this is tough because if you asked me this a little while ago before AW started to get really cramped, I'd say, uh, yeah, he's going to AW. Um, now it's a little harder decision, but I think I still say, yeah, I think he goes to AW. Um, we, we, uh, last week um, when the story initially came out, he tweeted a little Mount Rushmore um, little hint and then deleted it. and. Um, Mount Rushmore is a former stable he had right before he came to WWE with uh, the Young Bucks and um, Adam Cole. He has a very um, strong friendship with both of them, especially Adam Cole. They were very good friends in NXT, and um, both men very happy for each other and the success they found in um, WWE. And um, I think Owens, Owens is another guy who can fit anywhere, but I think AEW would be the best fit. And uh, even though it's tough to see where he'd go in, um, they could throw him in the elite, but elite's pretty crowded. And the elite has, it has two top main offenders already with Cole and Kenny. Do you really need to throw KO in there? I think, I think this would be a good twist where KO debuts and they're expecting um, KO to join them. And KO goes in for the hug and then not nah, pop up power bomb. <laughs> and then brawl and he starts a feud and then kenny uh, on dynamite after or the week after or whenever he says kevin we talked about this before the show you said you were in all in and elite and then, you know ko comes in responds has a just all-time great aw promo and um yeah i, I want to see ko and all and aw and i want to see a face it i want to see a face ko at least at first I think with um, Hangman's future a little um, cloudy. I mean, I, I'm still confident Hangman, but I think um, I think a big face is needed for this company. I know we just had Brian and CM Punk. Even though I think CM Punk is a little uh, in between right now, he kind of fought like a heel against Punk. I mean, against Darby. Um, but he's a uh, he is a face right now, and he's feuding with uh, Taz's. Um, at the what's it FTW? What, what what's the um faction called? I think they're just called Team Taz. Team Taz, yeah. I don't know, it's a blank. It's a simple one. Taz's yeah, team. So, um, hmm, what is Taz's team's called? <laughs> yeah. What what are you thinking? Where are you thinking he's going? So I've always thought that Kevin Owens is gonna be a WWE for life guy. You know, ever ever since kind of seeing him come on the scene in NXT and then how he was debuted in WWE, you know, it, it seemed like WWE 
was really ready to put, you know, all the chips in on him. You know, I was ready for them to, to go all in. And, and Kevin actually is, is one of those up for debate for my current favorite wrestler as well. Um, again, I just really do love the big men. And, and I think Kevin really breaks the molds again, amazing talker. Like there is few that can go toe to toe with Kevin Owens on the mic right now, especially when he's on his game. Um, would I love to see him join AEW? Absolutely. I mean, the dream matches are all there. And I think that your proposed storyline sounds amazing. I, I would be all in on that. I'd buy the shirt. I'd buy the shirt tomorrow if Kevin debuted in AEW. Um, however, you know, again, I, I do believe that he has unfinished business in WWE. You know, um, I believe that his universal title reign was not expected or I guess not a not as good as people expected it to be, you know, especially with him having the feud with Jericho, just being completely lined up and ready to go. And then just him being fodder to Goldberg. So that's my hill I'll die on, I think probably for forever. Um, so I would like to see KO get at least one more good run with the championship. You know, I, part of me had hope that he might've beaten Roman at the Royal Rumble, but I mean, that man is the head of the table and I have to acknowledge him. So not too many people are beating Roman right now. I thought the only person that really had a realistic shot at being Roman is uh, Big E, and we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping for KO to have uh, one last big world title run in WWE. But, realistically, I just I, I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially if his contract's on in January. And me thinking he's going – he's going to be all elite and uh, go to A-Dub. And, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see what the future holds for uh, Fight Owens' fight. For the prize fighter. Do we want to do our last news topic here that we have before we continue on to uh, our storyline talk? Yeah, let's go with our headline news story. And that is uh, Big E's Money in the Bank cash-in that happened on Monday Night Raw last night. And um, this was amazing, obviously, for all fans. And we were lucky enough to be there live. And um, uh, during the day, we were uh, hanging out all day. And um we see the tweet. Our friend sent us the tweet. Our friend Kyle, and um, and it's Biggie tweeting saying he's gonna cash in, and we we're saying, well, he's probably just trolling, and that's why I said I thought he's just trolling, and I'm glad I was wrong. Um, I'm, uh, and during the show, I'm like, I could, you know, he Bobby might like kick the case into the crowd or something, or something might go wrong. Something almost did go wrong. Bobby tried to get out of the cash in through injury which you can't do that and we're like that's not how this works uh wwe's about to blow it again they did not blow it sonia deville the gm who i love that they're getting a gm role back in it gms i think are are really fun parts of wwe's history and adam pierce and sonia are a great addition and sonia saved the day and she says big e is cashing in now this match is happening now and oh, that was an electric match to be in the crowd for, constant noise. And I didn't think it could get any louder, but it did when Big E got that one, two, three, and became the champion. Oh, it was electric for me, electric for the crowd, probably more electric for you since Big E is your boy. Absolutely. I love those big, meaty men slapping me. <laughs> and that was truly, I mean, 
you were there. You, you can attest. I, I'm surprised I have a voice right now. I, I was screaming like it was, I was a 10 year old fan, you know, seeing the greatest moment in WWE history happen. And it really was, it was a significant moment for me as a fan of, again, being a fan of the new day. Um, you know, I, I just think it's so beautiful seeing, you know, you see Kofi and Woods immediately rush in. The thing I like about what the New Day does as well is that they let the members fight for the championship. You know, there was no New Day shenanigans for uh, for that match. And, you know, I was really worried when Bobby was faking. I don't know. I don't want to say faking because I, I feel like at some point it might have been, um, you know, it seemed like he might have been working the knee a little bit too much. But, you know, then then when he was hobbling, kind of coming back in the ring, and when he did the tackle to his knee, I was like, oh, okay, so that is legit. You know, I, I thought that it might have been just uh, Bobby Lashley playing possum. Um, but, no, I, I – ecstatic. I actually – you know, since we were in the crowd, we didn't hear Byron's call. And that was one of the first thoughts I had being in the crowd was, I wish I could hear what Byron Saxon is saying right now. And watching it back this morning, I mean, it, it was exactly what I expected. Byron – praising E, talking about how hard he's worked and, you know, talking about, you know, all the crazy things that he's, he's done and come up with. And now E is champion. And I think that he is beautiful for the face of the company. I think that E is so charismatic, you know, he's really underrated in the ring and ha, ah, 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 ah. I'm just excited, man. It was, uh, I've never been to a sporting event or event like that live with that much that got that loud. Like it, oh, it, it blistered my ears, but in a good way. It was great to be in. We just stood there, stood up, standing up for uh, like 10 to 15 minutes after just watching Biggie going up the fans, taking pictures of him the ringside, and uh, having his moment that he just deserves so much. This dude. He is uh, so fun. He he picked up wrestling in the ring so well. This is this is a guy that um, kind of fell into uh, WWE wrestling because he was a college athlete, played football in Iowa. Uh, injuries hampered his career. So, um, but he got some interest in wrestling. Uh, well, wrestling took an interest in him. Came over. Um, they tried to build him up, and um, he took to it very quickly, both on the mic and in the ring, and now he is a world champion and i can't wait for his reign i hope it's a long one and i hope it is i expect an extremely fun reign i expect a top baby face i expect him and roman reigns to have a classic at survivor series um this bloodline versus new day inject that into my veins i just i can't wait it was it was electric to be there. I can't believe that's what happened to Rob. But I think, um, I think WWE was like, "Hey, uh, Boston got s- screwed because of the pandemic out of SummerSlam weekend, which we're supposed to go." And um, they're like, "This is how we reward them. This first first wrestling show in a, a big a big wrestling show for Boston in a couple years. Um, they got screwed out of SummerSlam, so let's give them the big E cashing. Uh, they, they were probably expecting a hot crap." And the crowd was extremely hot, not just for Big E, but almost everyone. Uh, Jeff Hardy got noise. Um, that the Hardy Damian Priest match, both both guys got good uh, reception, especially Hardy. Obviously, um, Boston always tends to lean towards the older talent, um, the more recognizable names. 
which is fair. You know, that that's fair. That's that's most crowds. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a great crowd. And uh, we had fun. We were, we were yelling back and forth with guys. It was awesome. And then that end, that end with Biggie was just, uh, it's an honor to be part of that. That's what being a wrestling fan is about. And we can brag and be like, hey, you know, Biggie's cashing. We were there. <laughs> Yes, I know. I completely agree. I, I like I said when we were leaving. I am that was probably the best the best wrestling event I've been to. And we went to AEW's second show. Was it their second or third show in Boston? It was their second show, and yep. it was the formation of the inner circle. We got to see that. Right. That was- Very true. Um, and we also saw the lights out match between uh, Kenny and Joey Janela, which was also pretty cool. But I mean, again, like you're saying, the reactions of the crowd was insane. I mean, it was hot. It was, you know, you didn't need to have that extra beer to be up standing, jumping like you're again, like you're a 10 year old kid seeing it for the first time. You know, it's, it's crazy. Going off of uh, our news talk here, we'll transition into some storyline talk. Um, so uh, one of the things you want to bring up here, Juice, was the power struggle going on currently between Lesnar and Reigns and one Paul Heyman. Um, so who are you thinking will uh, be the one to walk away with Mr. Heyman in their corner? Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's the bloodline, but it's not looking that way because big. Um, but maybe it is. Maybe they're, they're trying to tease like, oh, he's leaning Lesnar because um we found out that that's his ringtone Lesnar's <laughs> theme um we also learned last week in a good twist cuz smackdown's just been on point and uh, we learned that Heyman knew Lesnar was going to be at SummerSlam and did not tell Reigns and Lesnar asked why didn't you tell him and um Lesnar also when Reigns and the bloodline uh, left the ring last week Lesnar had no problem doing the introduction for Lesnar it seemed like, and then, but Lesnar then attacked him and had he had to be saved by Reigns in the bloodline. So it, it's interesting what see what side he will choose. I'm saying does end up picking Reigns. I think he's it's gonna be a tough choice for him, and it's obviously he's leaning Lesnar, and I think that's what that I think that's on purpose. WWE's trying to you know make you think that way and then pull the twist because that that's what WWE does. That's what wrestling does. But in adding reasons for it, um, storyline, I trust uh, SmackDown and their storyline writing, even when they make a questionable decision, seems like they do. The end result is usually worth it. And um, I'm excited to see this. This is a fun storyline. Uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, the, the, to battle of behemoths. Um, I know both these guys get some crap in the ring, but I think they're both great storytellers. I think they can both go. Um I'm curious how long the match will be when it happens, but I do think it will be, I think it will be a spectacle. Even if it's short, I think it will be fun. I think it will be fun to watch. It's because Reigns has been on point ever since he turned heel. He has not had a bad match. And I don't see that starting now, especially with Lesnar. (laughs) No, I, I completely agree. Um, I think I would also lean towards him going to uh, the bloodline Roman Reigns um, mainly because when I look at Lesnar now, I mean, he's debuted this look that's final boss level as, as uh, 
Pat McAfee likes to put it, the alpha male of our species. He truly looks like it. You know, I think that where Brock Lesnar's positioned right now within WWE, that he does not necessarily need Heyman. You know, I, I think that back when he returned back in uh, the 2010s that, you know, he did need that little extra oomph. I never really was a big fan of Brock on the mic. However, I've always, you know, kind of, again, going back to older SmackDown or older, older SmackDowns is actually accurate. Um, you know, looking at like promos against Eddie and stuff like that, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the mariachi band celebration that he had, you know, those are things Lesnar did on his own. Those are things that Lesnar has always been able to do, but it seemed like WWE just put it in their back pocket. It seems like that with this new feud with Roman that they're really bringing back up to the forefront of Brock Lesnar is arguably one of the greatest sports entertainers ever. You know, uh, as much as you want to, as much as you don't want to think about, you know, his, his reigns of terror where, you know, he had great matches with the likes of Goldberg and, uh, you know, Roman Reigns back when he was uh, getting shoved down our throats instead of being the head of our table. Um, you know, it's, I think that Heyman is right with with Roman Reigns is right with the bloodline. You know, I, I think that um, there really isn't much more to say than you know I, Lesnar does not need Heyman right now, in my opinion. And moving forward, you know, if he does end up coming back to him, I don't think it would hurt him. You know, I, I think it always helps to have that Paul Heyman giving you juiced up. I think Paul Heyman is my favorite manager of all time. You know, if, if I know we talked about wrestlers, but talking about you know. Uh, out of ring performers. I think that Heyman is one of the greatest to do it. Uh, I know you and I juice in our uh, fantasy football league. We like to go back and forth on some promos that we do in our, in our little Facebook group. And uh, I like to, I like to model a lot of my promos and a lot of my styles after Heyman when I cut them uh, just because of the way he's talking, the way how intense he is. But again, I don't think Lesnar needs that right now. So I, I could see him definitely joining back with Reigns. It seems like this is going to be a little while. It seems like um, it seems like the feud will end or reach a climax at uh, Crown Jewel when they return to Saudi Arabia in October. Seems like uh, I know there's a lot uh, a lot of people don't don't love uh, the Saudi events, uh, and I'm one of those people. <laughs> Usually they're very bad, but um, this upcoming one it, it seems like it's an interesting card. And it will, there will be a lot of development in it, like Reigns and Lesnar. I'm curious, Biggie and Lashley, maybe, or Biggie and, um, uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe RK Bro and Lashley and the Hurt Business and Biggie will wrestle someone else. It's going to be after the draft, so there'll be a shakeup. And um, who knows? Maybe we'll have a big, like, heel turn and Biggie will wrestle someone like a Finn Balor or a KO. Who knows? We don't know. It's, uh, it'll be, an, it'll, I'm kind of intrigued by a Saudi show in October the first time. And mainly it's because of the hate, the bloodline Lesnar feud. And that's obviously going to be the main event or most likely the main event. And I think the whole point of, um, that event will be, Heyman has to make his choice then. And I don't think the feud will end there. It could. I know Lesnar doesn't usually stay along for that long, and then he comes back and goes. I do think I think this feud will last a while. I don't see it ending anytime soon. I think the climax of the feud will be at Crown Jewel. Very nice. I, I, I would like to see that as well, even though I'm, again, not a big Saudi fan. Not a big Saudi uh, pay-per-view fan. But um, 
let's 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 bring it over to the uh, storyline talk that I wanted to bring in, and this is going into the world of all elite wrestling, where we have seen some crazy debuts recently between Brian Danielson and CM Punk. I, I, there was one guy who also debuted as well that was kind of a swerve for Brian Danielson, and that is Adam Cole. Jumped from the WWE ship to AEW uh, in a move that I think is right, uh, considering that they were that the reports have been coming out that Adam Cole was going to be a manager, similar to Leo Rush was to Bobby Lashley for Keith Lee. Um, I don't think I would have been a fan of that, but. Um, what I wanted to bring up was where do you think that Adam Cole actually fits into the elite, seeing as he likely is not going to be a championship contender with Kenny having that title? So one thing that Tony says is that um, TNT championship is not a mid-card championship. So I do see him as a championship contender, just not the AEW championship. And people saying Nero's a heel, Adam Cole. But, you know, we've seen this company do heel this year before, but – that I don't think it's going to be Miro and Adam Cole. I think, I think Eddie Kingston, this feud with Miro is still happening. It's still going on. I think it's going to end with Eddie finally being the man who hands Miro his first AW singles loss and take the title. And even though it will be a brief reign, at least you can say Eddie has had a, a singles title run and give him some um, cred there. And you can put any Eddie in any situation and any storyline, and he'll still succeed. He doesn't need a title. Um, I do think Adam Cole being an elite, and if I, it seems like they want him to be a top guy, and I think that means he should have a title soon. I think Adam Cole will dethrone Eddie. Uh, I don't know how much of a timeline, but I don't see a long Eddie reign when, if – if Eddie even beats Miro. So I say Miro, Eddie beats him, Eddie loses the title in one to three months, and then Adam Cole takes the title and holds it for the elite. And even if he uh, has, even if Kenny loses the title um, before that, elite will maybe push Adam Cole as their leader and the, the face of it instead of Kenny. And I think that would add value to the TNT championship and really make stress the point that Tony keeps making that it is not a mid card it is equal to AW championship. And I think having Adam, the only title holder in the league or AW title holder in the league be the TNT champion and be Adam Cole would be a great idea. And I think Adam Cole would make the best front man of the league even better than Kenny because Kenny is fantastic. Ring. He is better in the ring than Adam Cole. He is not, I don't think he is as big a star as Adam Cole, potential-wise. I don't think he's even close to the mic ability Adam Cole has. So that's my take on that. No, I, they, that's some good points, actually, that you brought up. I mean, maybe I shouldn't necessarily say that Adam Cole is, a, is not a championship contender because where I believe that he might be falling is that with the Young Bucks losing the tag team titles, um, I know there's been heavy rumors for quite a long time that they're going to be introducing trios titles uh, into AEW at some point in the future. And I could see him, you know, joining back up with uh, with uh, the Young Bucks. Uh, when we saw that the Super Click, which I didn't know existed before uh, that trademark got applied for by the Young Bucks, uh, was their trios team with Adam Cole. Um, you know, so I, I could see that happening. I mean, the amount of trios potential that that company currently has as well is, is pretty crazy. 
Um, you know, but I, I, I think that your TNT championship uh, take is, is, is pretty relevant too, though. Um, I, again, big Eddie Kingston guy, also big Miro guy. Um, you know, I hate to see Miro lose, but if it is going to be somebody after the match they had at uh, all out, I would like to see it be Eddie. Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, I think that that definitely will bring some sort of power struggle, whatever Adam Cole does end up doing within AEW. I do believe that this will lead to some uh, power struggle. Actually, uh, on BTE this week, uh, Being the Elite is the YouTube show that AEW has for those of you who do not watch it. Uh, It is partly has to do with the storylines, partly doesn't have to do with the storylines. Some things kind of blend the reality of AEW television to Being the Elite uh, YouTube show clips, whatever. Um, one of the things that they were talking about was it seems like Adam Cole doesn't know that the elite are bad guys. Um, one of the things that the young Bucks and Kenny talked about when Adam left the room was, uh, does, does he know that we're heels? Does, does, you know, they were going back and forth about how it seems like Adam Cole does not know that he is on the wrong side of all elite wrestling currently. Um, which I think would be interesting, you know, uh, given that the quote unquote storyline of Adam Cole on being the elite is that he was dead due to poisoning uh, by the elite. So, um, you know, I, I, if they do end up bringing that to TV, I think that would be really interesting, you know, because uh, Adam Cole was also asking about where Adam Page was. Uh, and, you know, they were kind of Kenny and the Bucks brushed it off saying, you know, not to worry about him, not actually telling Adam Cole what had happened between uh, Hangman and the Elite. But, um, you know, I, I think regardless, we'll see some sort of power struggle involving Adam Cole, whether he becomes the leader of the Elite or he becomes uh, his own act. I think that he is going to succeed in whatever that will be. Someone should tell Adam Cole that... Um that uh they should have sent from tv uh put on some hulu and put on some dynamite or wherever you can watch dynamite and uh maybe you can learn what happened out in page that way and learn that uh lead our heels or just go on youtube <laughs> that's kind of that's funny angle for me Lee. i didn't watch being the elite uh be the elite this week um did see last week's and i do i did know that he was poisoned which is always funny. I mean, I, I, I find it funny when a wrestling companies uh, write off their characters by uh, killing them in a gruesome or funny way. I know that's kind of twisted, but I just, I, I like, I like creativity of it. Like um, instead of just having uh, WWE mainly just beats people up and then they just don't show up ever again, <laughs> or they just don't show up ever again, or, but you know, impact in AEW, they more so in uh, ring on, or they just, you know, they're not afraid to kill people off. <laughs> They're not afraid to push people in front of trains and stuff like that or poison them. So it's fun. Uh, I'm interested to see what Adam Cole does. Um, I, I wasn't aware of being an elite episode, so that kind of changes what I think could happen. Maybe instead of Miro losing to Eddie, he loses to Adam Cole, and then Adam Cole, uh, you know, he starts to realize that he is on the wrong side and he becomes a face. Uh, that would be interesting. Right? Uh, I, I love Adam Cole best when he's a heel. I love Adam Cole best when he leads an unstoppable heel faction. So I want him to be the face of the league. That's what I want, and I want to heal Adam Cole. I want Adam Cole to be one of the second most hated man on AEW after MJF. That's what I want. Um, all right. You want to uh, lead us off into our next segment here? Something exclusive to Top of the Cage. 
Again, if you guys uh, have not followed yet, be sure to check us out on social media, TOTC underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, plugged Twitter at this point, uh, our uh, social media, because um, before I do this segment, um, people who listen, um, please, you can add three people that you would like us to talk about for this and um, get in the conversation for who you push job release and if it's uh, what we talk about or what you suggest or whatever you want. Um, we want to hear from you. We want engagement. We want interaction. That's, I think that's what makes the best podcast. So, um, yeah. Uh, Send in those push job releases and comments or DMs or wherever way you want. Um, yes, yeah, so well, I'll, I'll talk about how this is going to work. Push job release. Um, push is who you're going to have as upper card and a guy that you plan on uh, being the main face or main heel of the company at some point. Um, job. Uh, I don't necessarily mean job by the normal um explanation of they only lose and they are just to put other talent this is um this but this that that would be the fourth of this and the ceiling would be they're never going to get past a mid-card title so if they're in wwe they're not going to get past the united states championship or championship and they're not going to have multiple like they're not going to have record-breaking runs with those titles they're just they're they're just transition guys or guys they're uh, gatekeepers for the next level and then release, that is obvious. That is who we would uh, have to cut ties with with the comp promotion we would be running with these three guys in it. So, uh, Billy, I'll let you take us off. Um, before that, I'll, I'll say the three guys. Uh, we're doing um, Battle of the Ricks. This is uh, Rick-themed, and we're doing Rick Boogs from SmackDown, Ricochet from Raw. And Ricky Starks from AEW. I love this was your idea. These three, um, present that these three are presented. I love the idea. I think it's funny little Rick themes, but also I love that you um, presented one guy from AEW, one guy from Raw, one guy from SmackDown. It doesn't always have to be this. It can be any three guys, three guys from the same show, whatever. But uh, let's you can kick it off. What you would do? What your push job release for these the Ricks would be? So uh, right away. Um... I, I do truly believe that uh, while we are doing the Battle of the Ricks, that one of these names stands out to me to be pushed, and that is Ricky Starks. Um, I, I think that guy smells like money, looks like money, to quote Leo Rush. You know, it's he, he has it on the mic. He has it in the ring. You know, I, I'm hoping that injuries do not really hinder uh, his, his run in AEW any more than they already have. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that Ricky Starks is a main event player for a time to come. Um, now, in terms of job and release, uh, Rick Boogs and Ricochet are two, uh, I believe, very good talents within WWE currently. Um, I know that a lot of people say that Boogs is, is still relatively green. You know, it's really why he hasn't seen too, 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 too much action. I know he's seen some. But um, and then you got Ricochet, who wwe just seems like they forget they have him sometimes um you know and they, he had his pretty good push you know back in i believe back in the the late teens of wwe's timeline um you know when he was his superhero gimmick you know he was sniffing in the united states title scene having great matches with aj styles you know and even going back to his days in nxt i mean not, i mean it was a pretty unforgettable moment when he did the flip out of the ring uh, in front of Redacted, a.k.a. Velveteen Dream. 
Um, you know, it's I, I think that Ricochet um, probably will get the job here. You know, I think that, you know, he is his position kind of as you were just describing what we'll call quote unquote job here, you know, is is definitely where his ceiling in WWE necessarily not should have been, but could have been. You know, it seemed like he was in the position to be, you know, a mid-card a mid-card title guy for a while, somebody who could sneak their way into the main event, uh, given the right push and the right storyline. And plus, again, the guy can just go in the ring. I mean, he's an acrobatic phenomenon. You know, I mean, the I, I know he was on the receiving end of the uh, springboard moonsault uh, super kick from Adam Cole. But I mean, you know, the, just just to, to be able to pull that spot off as well as both those guys did is just a test to both of them. I mean, we just praised Adam Cole for the last few minutes of the pod here. And, you know, I, I want to give Ricochet his due as well. I, I truly believe that, you know, given the right storyline, given the right guy to work with, Ricochet can really prove himself. So that's why I don't necessarily want to release him here. And, and Rick Boogs, again. Boogs, I'm I'm a big Boogs guy, and you know I, I'm I am sure that many others are as well, especially those uh, who are fans of of Pat McAfee's commentating style, which I am a huge fan of, by the way. I think he brings a very unique style to the wrestling commentary booth. But um, you know, for me, I think Rick Boogs is getting the release. My push is the same as you is Ricky Starks, and I think this is the guy with um, the best mic ability. The three he is. Uh, um, the second most experienced, I would say. And um, he just looks like a star, man. He looks like people call him. He looks like The Rock. And I, I do see it a little bit, a little skinnier Rock. And um doesn't wrestle like The Rock. But uh, this guy has uh, a lot of potential. And uh, he's a great heel. But I do, I could totally see him turning face and being a great face, too. Uh, he's got a great presence about him. And like he says, if you just look at him, I just see stardom. I do see a future main eventer, future world champion. I see a guy that I can um, push as a leader of my company. So that's my push. Um, uh, next, this is harder though. Um, these two. Uh, I remember when Rick Rick Boogs um, first de debuted in the main roster. Uh, it was it was actually as an Old Spice guy. He was in, used in ads and in the twenty four seven title picture, and it was actually really funny and a little fun and. Uh, People, there were some of our uh, wrestling buddies would be like, oh, who's this guy? Um, and I'd be like, oh, this is not like an Old Spice actor. This is a wrestler for the company. And um, this guy, Rick Boots, he's a really funny dude. He's awesome. I think I, I, was, I was already a big fan of him from the one, just from his online presence and um, the little, like, little clips he would do on his Twitter to try to get people to know him better because he didn't really show up in NXT that he, I only remember showing him up like twice and he mainly just showed up at like uh, live events. And um, I was a big fan. I was excited that he's coming to uh, the main roster and he's already getting a push. They're using the Intercom Performance Championship on Shinsuke to not push Shinsuke, which, but uh, just Shinsuke, more so push Rick Books and, and get Rick Books into the, you know, um, scene on SmackDown. And, um, of course, I'd rather you show, uh, push both of them still have an intercontinental championship feud. I do love using Boogs this way, and it's an interesting way to get them started. And that's my job. That would be Rick Boogs. I don't see a main event with Rick Boogs, but a couple couple uh, mid-card championships. And if I was a manager, yeah, I'd, this is a fun guy to keep around. I'd, I'd, I'd have to keep around in the company. Never be my top guy, but keep him around. And uh, release is tough to re release Ricochet. Of the three, 
He's the best in the ring. You you said it with that cool spot, man. That was incredible. This guy can do things that no one else can. Um, he can go. He's not the best in the mic, and I don't think the mic ability will ever come. He's he he is a veteran. He's doing this a while. I don't I don't think he has his moments on the mic. I'm not gonna say he's terrible. He's not bad. It's just um just just okay. And I don't think it's ever gonna reach a higher level on the mic. But um and I am I I I'm more about storylines and promo ability in wrestling because um even though I do love a good match and technical wrestlers and some of my favorite wrestlers like Eddie and Daniel Bryan and Matt Riddle is an end guy in ring masters. But um I mainly watch for the storylines and the promos and acting and that stuff because if I want to watch just something for the in the in reaction and sports action, I watch plenty of sports. I can just put a football out of lacrosse. So I'm releasing Ricochet here. Uh, it's tough to do it. Ricochet is extremely tough. You you went over that really well. And um, also, I wouldn't feel bad about releasing him because I know someone's gonna pick him up. He's not staying a free agent long. As soon as that 90 day rule, even though if I had a company, I wouldn't have a 90 day rule. It'd be a zero day rule. <laughs> uh, he's he's going somewhere. Uh, I could see him succeed in New Japan. He, he was in New Japan before, so um, that'd be great fit for him. Or, Ray W, but I think you can be a great fit. And uh, yeah, um, that's that's my push job release. Uh, so, Juice, uh, that looks like it is the end of our topics we have to bring up today on Top of the Cage. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for the people before we sign off here? Yeah, uh, again, um, socials on uh, Twitter and Instagram, T-O-T-C underscore pod. Um, send in those push job releases or if there's um, specific uh, news talk or storylines you want us to talk about, do that too. Um, also, one one future segment that will come at some point is um, we'll do like a young stud spotlight. Each of us will bring up like a person number 27 in wrestling that we see a bright future with. You can suggest those too. Um, yeah, so we, we want to engage with people on social um you can follow me on twitter at juice cannon one um juice spelled j-u-i-c-e cannon two n's um o-n and uh one and uh yeah we want to hear from you i hope you enjoyed and that's uh top of the cage um billy close us for anything you want to plug or anything you want to say sure uh yeah you can find my social medias uh at what do you mean tv uh if you're so kind to also follow my twitch channel under the same name um, I'm available on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok if you guys are into that. Um, yeah, I, I, I will say uh, Top of the Cage is going to go to the top. We're going to the moon, baby. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing this with you here, Juice. Um, cannot wait for next week. Um, you know, Again, if you guys keep up with the discussion, uh, TOTC underscore pod again for our social medias. Make sure you guys are giving us any push job release recommendations. Make sure you guys are giving us some storylines to talk about, maybe some news talk as well. And as Drew said, you know, we're going to be talking about some young studs coming up. And trust me, between both the companies that we mainly focus on and even looking at some of the other companies as well, there are some young talent that are up and coming. And I do truly believe will be the future of professional wrestling. So. Uh, with all that in mind, again, my name is Billy, and for Justin Juice Cannon, 
this will be the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. And we really do hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys.